Thank you for joining us. We are on episode 49, Stephanie Lane's Institute Beauty Business Podcast. Are you fixing your clients' problems? Those of you who are on Clubhouse, we come every Tuesday night. Remember, we will be ending this as of December 31st, 2022. We're going to have a great discussion tonight talking about fixing your clients' problems. You know, many of us have gone into aesthetics for various reasons. Majority of those reasons are to provide answers to questions that your potential clients may have. The one thing I learned, especially my first year as an esthetician, working as an esthetician, was client consultations and skincare consultations were more important than we want to give it credit. They come to us with whatever idea they have in their mind on what their issue is. And it really isn't until you do the evaluation, you look under your mag lamp, you have your skin scope or whatever you're using, woods lamp, to determine what's happening in the skin to actually get them to the understanding that what they thought was the issue really wasn't the issue. But what I find is that a lot of estheticians skip the most important part of the skincare treatment. How are we treating and fixing problems if we are actually not understanding what we're seeing and what the skin is presenting? Because we're assuming that what we see on the surface is really what's happening. And then when we start doing services and sometimes our client are not pleased with the results that they think that they should be getting, we have no basis to go back to. I learned this very early when I was not only working as an esthetician, but when I got my second job, which was working for a doctor, all of the treatment plans were created from skincare consultations. And the skincare consultation included what they were doing at home. And if you understand home care, home care is where a lot of clients tend to mess up their skin if they have a certain type of condition. Some of them buy products that are not even for their skin type or condition. Some of them have the illusion that they see one or two pimple or clogged follicle or whatever, and they think they have acne. So they're going to go and and use acne and just totally destroy the acid mantle. So it was always important for me to understand what exactly I was seeing versus what clients were saying. So if you're in the habit right now and you're not, taking your skincare consultations important, you're not conducting them consistently, and you're trying to fix clients' problems that they're coming to you for, you can't do it by what they tell you is happening. You have to actually look at the skin and see what the skin is telling you. Now, I'm also learning that many of you don't know how to do a proper skin analysis. Many of you don't know the characteristics of what the difference is between a dehydrated skin, oily skin type, and or acneic skin type because you've never been taught. The second part to that is you've never put yourself in positions to get educated on to understand why that is important because that's going to dictate exactly what you do in your treatment plan. I'm pretty much assuming some of you don't even have treatment plans, right? So when you have a client that goes from an extreme to an extreme, sometimes it's from the treatment, sometimes it's from the products that you suggested, but if you don't know exactly what's happening in the skin, you probably may not be fixing their problem. You may be adding to it. I'll never forget that I got 
And I get pictures all the time. And I say this all the time. I get pictures on Facebook and on Instagram or email. And people are constantly sending me information to help them figure out exactly what's going on. And I'll never forget a picture that I got of someone who was trying to convince this client that she was going to be able to help her with her post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation was in the bikini area. And it literally started from below her belly button, all the way to her hips, all the way through the middle of the thighs, all the way through to the back. And I kept trying to figure out why she would tell this particular client that she could correct that post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation in that area and think that it was going to happen topically, right? So I asked her, I said, how did this even come about? Like, why are we here? And why do you feel that you could help her specifically with my Say Brazil Illuminating products? And it's definitely not going to help this situation because this is an intrinsic, it's an internal situation. Um, but why did you promise her that you could give her some type of results, not realizing exactly what you were looking at? And she kept telling me, you know, this client did not have this condition forever. It just happened. And I said, yeah, some things like this just don't happen. There definitely has to be a shift in what is happening, whether it's having a child, whether there's a hormonal change, whether there's a medication change, there's something that happened to her to cause her to have this post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation specifically in this area is pronounced in this way. Did you do a client consultation? Does she have a, a consultation on form with you where you've asked her specifically what medication she's on, what products she's used, how long she's seen this condition. Like, do you have something that is written out so that you can refer to, to get a better idea on what exactly is happening? Not that you're going to diagnose, but that you can be honest and tell her maybe this problem you're presenting to me may not be able to be fixed by me. Instead, you told her that you were going to be able to fix it. And I said, honey, this, what I'm seeing here is beyond not only our scope of practice, but it's beyond something that can ever be changed topically. She needs to be referred to a physician. This is not something that you're going to be able to change. And I'm disappointed that you said you could help this, not understanding exactly what you're looking at. I'm just looking at this through pictures. I'm not even in the treatment room with you when you took the pictures. I'm looking at this through a picture and I'm telling you, this is not something that can be treated. But you standing there next to her, seeing this live, telling her I'm going to be able to help you was false. She came to you with the problem. And instead of you being honest and saying that this is outside of your scope of practice, you're now trying to charge her for services that will never change or affect this specific area. You're coming to me to ask me how I can help you, but there's nothing to help. This is outside of our scope. But you knew this when you looked at it, that this isn't something that was normal. Absolutely, it's completely abnormal. You said not only was she hyperpigmented in all of this area, but the skin texture was completely abnormal. You were had difficult times removing the hair because that skin was so dark and so dehydrated and so hard, calcified. You said it felt like just a whole bunch of dead skin just stuck on there. Why would you promise her that you could change this? Especially her coming to you in confidence, asking, can you help with this problem? And you telling her yes, when in actuality you can't. 
And this is kind of what I go back to when we start talking about desperation and we start talking about making decisions based off of the money or potential income instead of being truthful. Instead of saying, this is something that I'm not going to be able to change. And matter of fact, this is way out of my scope of practice. I definitely would suggest you go seeing a physician. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But a lot of us are in desperate mode. We are working in desperation. We're working in survival mode. So the decisions that we're making in survival mode sometimes really don't make sense when we know we can't fix their problem. But we are willing to take their money because we're in survival mode and we feel that we need the money knowing we're not able to help that person. And it's sad to me to see so many people who tell people that they can fix something when they, one, cannot, and two, don't understand what exactly they're trying to fix. What is it that you feel that you can offer topically, because that's really all we can do, to a condition that has nothing to do with whatever product you're going to be using on it? And that is why I'm so passionate about helping estheticians to understand you can be great. You can grow a great business. Not only do you have to be truthful, but you got to know what you're looking at. You can't be driven by the almighty dollar. You can't be driven by the survival mode. And so you're going to do what you feel you need to do in survival mode. So whether that's a great decision or bad decision, you're just doing it because you feel that you need the money no matter what. And in my opinion, if you understand what it takes to do a great skin analysis, to understand what you're looking at when you are analyzing the skin, take into consideration what their home care routine is or lack of, understanding what exactly you need to put into a plan to get from A to B, because it may not be quick. It may take some time. I always remember talking to hyperpigmentation clients that have post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation or PIH. And I always say, typically, the amount of time you've had it is the amount of time it's going to take for it to be corrected. So if you've had this post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation for a year or two, it may take a year or two for you to see some great results. I'm going to process and, and give you pictures so that we can see progress, but it's not going to be overnight. A lot of us don't even have those conversations because we're so much in survival mode and we're so looking at the almighty dollar and how much we can get out of the client and we overpromise. We overpromise to fixing their problem because sometimes it's not a problem you're able to fix, but we overpromise it. And then when that client doesn't get the results, all hell breaks loose because one, they've invested time and money into you and have grown a relationship with you. And you know, at the end of the day, you're not able to change or treat this specific situation. Then you ask for help from other people to say, what should I say to the client? I've gotten a lot of those emails. What do I tell this client? You tell the client the truth. You are not going to be able to affect what is happening. You're not going to make a change. You're not going to fix this problem. And then I get, I can't, I can't tell them that. No, you're going to have to. You're going to have to put an end to you taking their money for something you're not fixing. And that's something that I've stuck to and pretty much my entire career, I've never been interested in taking money from someone if I knew that I could not affect change. That was never my goal. Um, and I never wanted to overpromise. That's one thing I was always conservative on. I never overpromised anything. I never gave a timeline. I never said this would be corrected in this. We should see this and that. I never spoke like that because 
everyone is so different. Their home care, you know, you have clients that will tell you they're compliant. They're not compliant. Um, they'll have changes that happen. They won't tell you on, that they're added a new medication to their regime. They won't tell you when they've gone to a dermatologist and dermatologist has given them, you know, something very strong and aggressive that has broken down their acid mantle. And then you're trying to repair that instead of fix the initial issue they came to you with. So there's so many different situations that come up that, for me, I never wanted someone to call me out and say, you said that it was just going to take this amount of time, this amount of money, and I would see a change. I never wanted anyone to accuse me of that um, because I felt that people are so different. I could never promise something. But I find a lot of these younger estheticians jumping the gun, lying and deceiving their clients, thinking they're fixing their problems and they're not. Some of them are actually causing their problems. A while ago, there was a viral video on TikTok and Twitter with this young esthetician who um, did a, um, uh, what did she do? She did a dermaplane, a microneedle, and then chemical peel on this client. And the client showed the be the afters where her skin completely scabbed over her entire face. And then she began to have issues with the fungal infection, which is which is common when you strip sometimes the acid mantle down to nothing. There's no protection there. So now fungus has grown in between the scab and then the healthy skin that's trying to repair itself. And I saw so many people in the comments, not only on Twitter and on TikTok, but on Facebook when I reposted it, you know, trying to ask why this was done or what was done, or you shouldn't have just done this, you should have just done that. And if you understand skin, one, especially skin of color, higher Fitzpatrick, you're not going to do that aggressive of a treatment, especially not all three, not in one sitting. And you're definitely not going to throw acid at the end thinking you're correcting something, right? But the client came to this esthetician with a problem. She felt that she needed to have some correction done to some post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. The result of that treatment not only caused her hyperpigmentation to be worse, now you have a fungal infection and now you have scabbing to deal with. And again, I always go back to that question, are you fixing your client's problems or are you causing the problem? In this situation, she caused way more harm than correcting. And then didn't want to correct the injury she caused. Like I always say, can you make amends? Can you fix what you've damaged? That tells me you're a great esthetician if you're willing to fix something that you did and not charge the client, like totally correct, because it was something that you did that caused harm or problem. I have corrected people that weren't even my clients and not charged them because it wasn't about the money. It was about helping them so they were not permanently damaged. Some of us are not fixing our clients' problems. Some of us don't even analyze the skin to see what the issue is. It wasn't until I started using Victoria DM peptides that I started realizing that sometimes we use exfoliation as a tool and we overuse that tool. We think that AHAs and BHAs are above everything, that they will change the skin. They will do this. They will correct. And sometimes it does not. 
especially when you have someone who has the skin type where any type of blemish is going to cause post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. It wasn't until I started using their peptides for hyper for um, hyperpigmentation. It's called HP Correct that I didn't realize on a cellular level that my skin was needing peptides to help control the melanocyte activity. It wasn't about exfoliation anymore. It was about a peptide talking to the melanocytes at a cellular level to get them to not release into the epidermal layers, but to stay content in the dermal layers. It didn't make sense to me because I wasn't taught. I didn't have the education to understand what a peptide had the had the ability to do because I had always learned that, you know, in order to correct, you're going to have to exfoliate. You're going to have to do a peel once a year. You're going to have to be on melanin suppressants. You're going to have to do correction. You're going to have to do um, uh, all of those things consistently and all the time. And when I pulled back and stopped doing it because I started learning about peptides and the importance of them and how powerful they are, it didn't make sense to me that my problems could be solved by a simple consistency of application to add a product that would talk to my, my cells on a cellular level to help control them. Because I had always learned that exfoliation is the only way that you could get to control them. When I started pulling back on the over exfoliation and started nourishing all of the peptides consistently daily, right? I started to see a huge change. So even if I did have a blemish that came up, I didn't have post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. And if I did, it was for a very short amount of time. It wasn't months and months and months later, right? That I still had that blemish from where it was. I think we have to start understanding that sometimes clients' problems may not be solved by us. Sometimes it doesn't take aggression to correct a problem. But we won't know that until one, we start doing more aesthetic education. And two, we start becoming better at client consultations, at skin analysis. We, come, we become better at looking at the skin and taking our time to understand what is happening in their skin. And I think the more we start forcing ourselves to realize that aesthetic education has to be a continuing situation. And it can't be attached to product education or product knowledge. Product knowledge is very different than aesthetic education. I need to understand what peptides do in the skin on a chemical level. I don't need to know what it's from. I need to know what it does. I need to understand why some acids respond this way in certain skin types, certain skin conditions, and certain Fitzpatricks. I need to understand this. And I think that's where it comes back to when we start looking at a bigger, we start taking a step back in our business and start understanding what is it, one, that we want to niche down to, but two, what are we doing that we do really well? And do we take the time to understand that sometimes some problems that your clients have may not be fixed by you. And see, that's a level that you have to get to that has nothing to do with money. It's based on the relationship that you have, that you're building, the trust that you're building with that client, 
And then there's the honesty. There's been many a times I've told a client, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do anything topically for that. Um, there's nothing topically that I can apply to that that will see any kind of change, correction, good or bad. I, there's nothing topically I can do to this certain situation. And it became very easy for me to say that because I was not there just to try to milk people even in my survival mode, I still had though I still had that type of integrity where I did not want to overpromise something that I could never give the results that they were looking for. I literally wanted to be a fixer, but I could only fix what I had the ability to change. And sometimes we don't have the ability to change some of the things that are being presented to us. And then we lie not only to the client, but we lie to ourselves, thinking we can change it. We cannot. We can't change what we don't, what we can't affect. When you have clients that have internal issues that they're taking medication for, that they are um, sometimes genetically, it's, it's internal. We can't change it. But some of us are overpromising and not only underdelivered, we're not delivering anything because it can't be affected right? Post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation is one that I always talk about specifically on this. And then when you start talking about melasma as well, which is a hormonal-based hyperpigmentation, which is very stubborn and very hard to treat, um, we have to start to be honest with people. And remember, clients come to you with issues, concerns. They want them to be addressed, but also there are plan to treat it to correct it. And I love when estheticians say, oh, I'm not... I'm not the type of esthetician that does, you know, correction. No, you are. Just because you have a client that does not feel that or know that they have a problem, most of them do. I love when the estheticians say, oh, you know, but I do relaxing facials. Okay, but they're stressed and they want to be de-stressed. That's a problem that you're correcting. Right? Oh. Well, I love, you know, giving fluff facials and great facial massages, which is not an issue. I think it's great. However, the client is coming to you for those services because they want to feel relaxed. They have a problem that they're stressed out and they're tense. They come to you to allow them or you help them become relaxed. And while they're doing that, they're getting skincare services. I don't understand why we can't understand that we're, we're fixing problems. And there are problems we're not going to be able to fix. But we pigeonhole ourselves so much into what we think instead of what we're providing, right? And I always learn to ask the right question, especially when I'm talking to estheticians. You know, what is it that you provide? Are you a jack of all trades and a master of nothing? And if you are, why? Why are you offering all of these things and not niching down to one, something that you truly enjoy, and two, that you will put time, energy, and effort into becoming better educated at? Why are you not open to that? And I know what it is. A lot of us are still in survival mode and we're scared or fearful that if we do niche down, we're going to miss out on the opportunity of a client saying, but I wanted to have this. Again, not every client is your client. The reason I went to facials and the reason I went to waxing was because I wanted to do things that I enjoyed. 
I will always love my facials. Always, always, always love my facials, right? But I think for many of us, the the thing that we miss out on is the enjoyment that it gives us to serve people in this way. And we take that joy away because we're in such a, a mode of desperation and we're so fearful of not having what we need. We're completely working out of balance. Our energy is off balance. Our our attitude towards what we're doing is off balance. And so it becomes something that we do not enjoy. And I always talk about, I always do this when I do hands-on training. I always tell people, people can tell your intent by the way you touch them. They can tell if you're timid. They can tell if you're not sure. The one thing I always did with my hands is I'm always very confident in my hands. My hands are always going to feel consistent. I'm going to be firm and confident in the way I'm the way I'm touching you. Whether I'm doing a skincare service, whether I'm doing a hair removal service, I'm going to be firm and confident. And when I do hands-on training or I have beauty schools that come in and we're doing um we're doing training and I put my hand on their hand, they're so shaky and they're pressing so hard on that stick. And I'm always like light 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 light. You just need to glide the wax on. You don't need to press it into their skin like you're shaving. Just light, 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 light. And I'm always telling you, I can feel whether you're confident or not in how much pressure you're giving. How confident are you in your hands? It takes time to get that confidence, but I need you to be more confident. And I need your hands to relay that to me. If your hands don't tell a client that you're they're confident in what you're doing, you're not going to have consistent clients because they don't want to feel shaky hands. I, I say this all the time to massage therapists as well. If you can't take the muscle that I have and you start to shake, I, I'm not having a pleasant experience. If you're shaking while trying to manipulate my muscles, it's not a pleasant experience and I don't trust you. I need a firm, consistent hand. But if you're shaking, like one, you're not strong enough, or two, you're nervous. I don't want anything to do with it. It's not a great feeling. I'm here to relax. I'm here to get into the zone. I'm here to release all the stress that's been built up in those muscles. That's what I'm here to do. No different than your clients coming to you. They're here to, some of them are there to release stress. Some of them want to feel a confident, firm hand. And sometimes the client's problems that are being presented to you have nothing to do with their skin condition. I'll never forget a client that I have beautiful skin, beautiful skin. She wasn't coming to me because she had skin concerns. She came to me because she loved the way I was manipulating not only her face and her neck and her decollete, but I was able to give her the confidence from my hands to relax. It was the touch therapy that she was coming for. Beautiful skin. I mean, absolutely gorgeous skin. Um, but it was the touch that she enjoyed. She wanted me to consistently give her touch, firm, and confident. Again, my massage was top-notch as well. I do a very unique facial massage. Um and, and neck massage. And I'm very thankful that I was able to learn how to do um, massages in this way for skincare. And not everybody can do that, right? But sometimes our clients' problems are not 
with skin conditions or skin concerns. Sometimes our clients want us to touch them. They want touch therapy. And we lose sight of this. You know, and I and I've always argued with people, especially when it comes to, you know, warm towels and steam. And, you know, you have a lot of estheticians going away from using steam, which I really don't agree with. You have a lot of them going away from using warm towels, which I don't quite understand either. Um, but that also has to do with touch therapy and preparing the skin for what you need to do to it. So I definitely want you to think about the problems that your clients have presented to you and have you provided a solution for them with and without you. And if you haven't, you may need to think about what it is that you're not doing. Do you need more education, which we all do? Our aesthetic education should be career long, right? Just because you get your license does not mean you stop learning or start stop putting yourself in educational situations, right? Do you need more education? Is there something that you're passionate about that you want to learn more about? Is it time for you to niche down? Are you a jack of all trades and a master of nothing? And I've said this many times, you know, the longer I worked and the more years I put into the industry as an esthetician, I I couldn't work the way I did when I first started. One, I was younger. And two, I had the energy, right? I didn't have all the other things that I had, but I knew I couldn't maintain that. I could not maintain eight to 10 clients a day. I just couldn't, right? I could not maintain that, nor did I want to maintain that. So as I grew in the industry and became more educated and started commanding more, I was able to change the back to back to back to back to maybe four or five clients in that day and their numbers were high. I became more treatment oriented. I became more focused. It might be time for you to look at that and then also ask, am I fixing my client's problems? Are there some clients that have problems that are beyond me? Am I willing to tell them that it's beyond me? Can I be that honest? Can I solidify the relationship I've built with them and say that this situation is, is something I cannot help you with? but I may know someone who can. Are you are you able to operate in that level of honesty? And if you're not, I would challenge you to wonder why and ask yourself why. Because a lot of us are promising to fix problems that we can never fix. And we have to, as a collective, stop doing that. Stop over-promising promises that will never come. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Our next episode will be episode 50.